Welcome, everyone, to another episode of 12 Million. Uh, I am your host, uh, Darren Jenkins, with my co-host, Akbar Majeev. What's going on, Akbar? What's good, Darren? What's good? How you doing today? I'm doing good. Happy Oscar Day. This is uh, <laughs> Oscars. So for, this is actually an appropriate conversation to have on the on the which is, I think the Oscars are just about to start. Um, we are joined by a, a gentleman who I discovered on um, Clubhouse, my, my new addiction. Um, he is a film composer. Uh, I'm going to read his, his bio real quick. Uh, Kulanen is a film composer and sound designer that has worked on radio dramas, sh short films, animation, and commercials for organizations, including BBC Media Action, The Guardian, Lion TV, among others. He is also a composer of the Netflix original crime drama, Oluturi. Welcome to the show, sir. I I coming all the way from Nigeria, man. So that is dope. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so how are you doing this evening? I'm doing very well. Doing okay. very good. Looking forward to a positive conversation. Definitely. So where in Nigeria are you are are you now and then are, where are you from? So I believe you're from like the north central states um, originally, but kind of where exactly? Um so um Right now, I am in the capital city of Nigeria, Abuja. But originally, I am from Benue State. It's in North Central in Nigeria. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So as, as my co-host Darren mentioned that you are a um, film composer, award-winning composer. Yes. Let's, let's be clear, award-winning <laughs> composer. But I do have a question. I have, I have a very serious question. So I understand that you went to the University of Los and you received a Bachelor's of Physics. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> the Bachelor's of Physics. So how did you get from there to yeah. becoming a world-winning composer? Like, like, how did that happen? Okay. Um, I mean, the story is, is funny because as I was leaving secondary school, I know I always wanted to do music. I wanted to do I wanted to do music. But I grew up in a small town in the north of Nigeria. Um, it's a small town called Wubi. And I we didn't have much, you know, and so I couldn't go to school very far away from my city or from where where we lived. And so I was looking for a university that could offer something close to engineering or engineering, you know, sound engineering or something close to music that I could do because I just couldn't tell my family that I wanted to do music. It's, yep. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't have taken it. The same, the same way. So, mm -hmm. Exactly. So I wanted to do something close to engineering, but this university did not offer engineering. And mm. so the closest thing to engineering was physics. You wow. Know. wow. And so, <laughs> and, so uh, and I wanted to go to this city again because there was a famous Nigerian um, music producer who lived there. And 
I just wanted to meet him. Mm. His name is Dr. Fanan Persipol. Mm. And so <clears throat> I chose this university and I chose physics because physics was maybe kind of close to engineering and my parents would not be too, you know, you're doing music. And so <laughs> physics, again, this city, this university of just because I wanted to meet this, um, this uh, music producer, Dr. Panam Pesipol, you know, and so that's what took me to physics. And that's what took me to the University of Joss. It was actually because I... So Joss is a, is a town that is known for breeding musical talent in Nigeria. Oh, okay. oh, wow. lots of, yes, lots of the famous musicians, even though they end up leaving to Lagos, which is the commercial capital where music and entertainment really thrives, mm. a, a lot of musicians come up from that small city, Joss. You know, so I went there just so that I could have the experience myself, you know, and because I wanted to meet this um, famous <laughs> music producer, Dr. Panam Persipol. Yeah, so that's what took me to physics. But, I mean, if you look at it, um, physics is actually, music is actually physics. You know, it's waves, it's vibrations, it's frequency, all it's, right. uh, and all of that. You know, so um, a very sophisticated version. it's not too far from from um, from that. You know, frequencies, right. waves, propagating them, sound, vibrations. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you must be the most overqualified sound engineer there is on the planet, because <laughs> you know, seriously. Um, <laughs> So, if you're doing, uh, so you're in school doing physics, how did you, how did you make the, how did you make the transition into actually being in music? Like, how did you, you know, where, how did you start to learn the skill sets and the, the software and all these different things that needed to be done? Um, um, like, what was the transition? So, um, when I when I get to school, I start attending this church, and uh, they have a studio, or they are trying to build a studio, mm. you know. And I saw this as my opportunity to get and learn, so um, I became a very committed member, so that mm. I could get access. It's, they started with they had a four track Tascam machine. You know, and I made sure I was so committed that I, I had the keys to, I was the one, I wasn't in charge of the studio, but I was the one who would um, open and lock it up. You know, I was like the guy who goes to open it up and lock it up when everything is done. So I was in school, but I was super also involved in this studio. You know, they started with a small track a four track tasker machine mm. you know so i'd open the studio in the morning i'll go to school and then sometimes at night i'll come and spend all night with this tasker machine just trying <laughs> to experiment try to record you know the concept of um, multi-tracking was just a wonder to me, you know. Mm. So I would layer my voice, layer my voice, and try just experimenting all sorts, you know. 
and the studio grew a bit bigger, they switched to computers, you know, and then there was a cakewalk, I believe, mm. and there was a Cool Edit Pro. That was what it was called then. Oh. It's now called Audition, but it was Cool Edit Pro. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. So we had that in the studio, and I would always just go to watch um, the guys work. Uh, and then also, there was a there's a, in that same city there is a film school. It's called the National Film Institute. Okay. And they weren't they were not so equipped, you know. And so they would come to the studio, this this, this studio that belongs to the church, to do their assignments and to try and do things. So this is where I started meeting filmmakers and then my 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 the, the concept of music and film you know just started coming together for me because they would make their films for their school project and they would need music and they would not be able to afford um the guy in the studio and so they would ask me mm. you know can i just do something for them you know for their film you know and so it just started little by little by little by little mm. and one of the things I want to say is that the director of Oloturi is actually one of the guys I met back then. So oh, I've, I've, I've known him for almost over 15 years, mm-hmm. going to 20. So I knew him back then. He was one of the people I met, you know, in that studio. And so he, you know, as the relationship grew, I kept working on film. He kept doing films too. He became a really big director and when this film came up, he asked me to write the music for it. So that's how it is. It's been gradual, step-by-step process for me. You know, so yeah. throughout my days in university, um, it was where I, it was, you know, working in that studio that I built my skills. So another thing that happened to me was, or another thing that I did was mm. in university, there's what is called industrial training. Okay. So um, at some point, you take off time to go and do real practical job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's one of the things that happens in Nigeria. So my pay for that period, that three-month period where you go to do a practical job, you know, I used it to buy a computer. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. So I used that to buy a computer I had in my room, and then I got you know software to install and then i started really trying stuff for myself you know mm. I'll see things and then i'll try to do stuff myself you know so that's pretty much it i i was i um i mainly self-taught you know oh, okay until yes until after i point i decided to i did a short course with um christopher young mm-hmm. to, yes he does this summer thing in in bulgaria every year you know that I, I went you know and that it was after that that i did i started doing i did lion heart the first mm-hmm. netflix original and then okay the tour, yeah <laughs> well, so, yeah so you were self-taught for the most yes. part right but very yes. determined i see very determined right so yes. you were streamlined <laughs> focus also on becoming a, a a film composer or was it yeah. more so so film composing was your ultimate goal so um it, it started with becoming a music producer ah, okay you mm. know so mm. i was songwriting 
um, uh, yes, I was learning music production. But then my interaction with those students, you know, because I also love storytelling. Okay. You know, so my interaction with them just opened my the world of film music to me, you know, and I saw that it was something that was really lacking. So here in Nigeria, for the most part, you have people who write songs, you know, and then they just place it in films. Right. But nobody was really scoring to picture like that, right. you know. And so I saw that this was something that we needed to incorporate in our, in, our, in our industry, you know, even though it was emerging and many people did not see the need for a score composer, you know, but I saw the need and it's something right. I wanted to, yes. So I just keyed into it. Yeah. So initially it was to become a music producer, but hmm. then I, I found out that I, I loved film and I loved film music and I loved storytelling. And then my interaction with these film students just it just morphed into becoming a film composer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I know we so I know we talked about um, how you got you know like where you started learning the skills set, but I guess my question also becomes. Like, at what age did you decide this was this was what I wanted to do? You know, like music was because I know like our, it's the same here. Trust me. Like if if you are going to college, um, like my father did not want me to be a filmmaker. He was like, if you want to go to school and you want to do something that's related to like arts. It has to have business, it has to have math, it has to have some kind of... So I had to take advertising, which, you know, it, it was what it was. Um, and so, but I didn't really realize, to be honest, I didn't really realize I wanted to be in film until... I got out of school. Like, I didn't even, like, I didn't even go in... I, the only media classes I took in college were I think I took television production probably and I didn't take any film. So as a kid, as a kid I wanted to be in the music. I wanted to be a I wanted to be a thing. You know what I mean? So I, I always ask guests like at what age did you decide that you know what your career what you wanted to do and even though your parents probably wanted you to go here, your mind was still here. So, um, I know that at seven, I've, I've always loved music. Wow. You know, when I was in junior secondary, um, mm. that's about age, say 15, 16, mm. my friends always told me, I, I can't, I, I don't remember, but my friends told me that I would say to them, I'm going to become a music producer and I'll be good at it. I don't remember telling them, but when I actually realized and consciously said that I was going to do film music, I, I probably was in university too, like, mm. like in college too, like you say, you know, I was in university probably around my third year, it's four years, so probably around my third year, I said I was going to focus on film music, mm. you know, and yeah, Probably was there, yeah, yeah. Was there any like um so 
who were the people that you were looking up to as far as trying to, you know, emulate early in your career? So um, I'll answer that, but uh, I was, because you asked for age, I was probably around um, 20, 21 when I made this, okay. when I made this decision. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're yeah. about the yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> same, I think. So, so who was I looking up to? Um, I mean, there were no there were no score composers in Nigeria that I could look up to. Mm-hmm. But um, again, this Dr. Panam Persipol, I kept trying to just meet him, you know, and just. Did you meet him? I never did. That's the funny <laughs> thing. <laughs> I never did. Actually, that that three months of industrial training, I actually went to his studio to apply to work okay. there, you know, but they didn't take me. You know, I just wanted to <laughs> watch him work or do I never I never got to meet him. That's the sad part. All my my stay in I mean I I, I went to concerts that he performed, right. but I never got to yes meet him. But he inspired you enough to get you on your path. So yes. <laughs> that was the work he was supposed to do. Yes, yes. So um I, I really looked up to him then, but um I I probably was uh, listening a lot to films from the U.S. Mm. And so um, I would say I, I was listening to, I mean, because of Lion King, Hans Zimmer. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hans Zimmer was a lot, 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 um, he was very influential. You know, mm. to, I mean, he was one of the most famous. And then because of right. Lion King, um, it, it made a it made an impression, you know, um, the Lion King film. Um, right. And then, uh, um, who else? Let me see who else. So I wouldn't say I knew the names, of, but there are films, particular films right. that I watched, mm-hmm. like The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, made Neil Morricone. Yes, Ennio Maricone. Yes, mm-hmm. it was later I knew it was Ennio Maricone, and then I started trying to follow his work, you know. Yeah. But then, um, the good, the bad, the ugly, the movie, you know, I would listen to it over back then when I watched it. Um, there was a TV show. It was called Police Academy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't even know who the composer is, but I remember the score. So, Police Academy, it was kind of a comedy. It right. made an impression, yes. You know, um, it was as I started to grow, I started to look at um, the credits, you know, uh. to see who the composer was, but who the composer was, but Back then, those were some of the shows that made an impression to me. Otherwise, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, so for me, it was actually um, Star Wars. I remember actually getting a Star Wars album, right? And it was like it was nothing but composed, no words. It was just I think John Williams. John was Williams, the, yeah, was the the composer of that one. But I remember that, right? It's kind of like I play it over and over and over again, right? Well, yeah. Um, Everybody, yeah, John everybody. Williams, John Williams too, because of Home Alone. You know, the first oh, Home Alone. Yeah. 
exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The John Williams ruled the 80s. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. The festival alone made an impression. Yeah. Right. Mm. So what was your first film? So was it an independent? How did, how did that come about? How did the very first, your first film come about? So um, I started working on documentaries a lot first um, because I live in the, I, I decided to settle in the capital city, even, even though most of my work comes from Lagos. Mm. Um, but because it's the capital city, like maybe DC, so there's a lot of corporate videos, mm. you know, documentaries. There's a lot of uh, so so I, I decided to settle here. So that's what I started with, you know. I started writing for documentaries for yeah for short films. There was a company here that used to do three short films every year, and they would hire me to do at least one. You know, mm. So I started doing for short films, for documentaries some commercials, um, but not big ones. Um, and then um, BBC, somehow, somebody who knew me, okay, again, these guys that I knew from that film school. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I always tell people it's always about building relationships. The people right. I knew at that film school got hired to BBC. Mm. You know, and so they were needing a composer, you know, a sound designer for different things that we, that they were doing. They were doing some TV stuff. They were doing radio dramas, and so like for one of the radio dramas, they would hire. They they they, they got me on board, you know. So mm. I, it's it, so it's it, it's been a gradual process. There, I started to build, build. But my first film was in first feature film was in two thousand and fourteen. Mm. Um, a film called October One. So again, a cinematographer I met in that film school <laughs> was shooting this film, and he recommended me to the director. And oh, then the director said, "Come on, I mean, uh, let's try him." And so he called me. I went to his hotel room. He asked me a few questions. I answered, and somehow I don't know why he just trusted me, even though I'd never done a, a feature <laughs> film. He said, "Okay, you will do my film." You know, and mm. that film went on to be one of the biggest films in Nigeria. It, it actually, it actually um, changed the Nigerian film industry. You know, people began okay. to pay closer attention to sound design and music after that film came out. You know, so it was a, it was an industry defining film. October one, that's what it's called. So it was a science fiction kind of psycho thriller, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It was a right. yes. Yes. <laughs> is there is there a particular genre you prefer, or I mean, or you like in particular a genre film, or? Um. So right now, I just get, I just do what I get, you know. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't, right, yeah, right. exactly, because our industry is emerging. Right. There's a lot of comedy that is being shot here, but there are certain people. But I love drama. Okay. You know, I like character-based driven films, you know. I, I, I like to write music to a character and see him metamorphosize or go through all the stages in the film, you know, and try to write um, a score that would go through with him, you know, that would reflect that character through all of his stages to the film. So I, I, I like drama, you know, I like character-based films, you know. Mm-hmm. 
because I want to tell the story, you know, of. Is there a, um, is there a, a show or movie or a project that is, that you would, you go, I, oh, I wish I could have done that. Or I wish I could have done that one. Uh, <laughs> um, because I know I I got tons of them. <laughs> so uh, so there are films that I, I I listen to the score and I say and I say, man, it, this person, yeah, definitely, there are films that I've seen that. <laughs> um, one of the, the uh, Jerry Goldsmith, hmm. the score for for. Or um, the the movie with Sharon Stone. I'm trying to remember the name. Basically, oh, basically, basically that, that right. score is, <laughs> and it's it's a few notes, but then it repeats itself throughout and throughout and throughout and throughout, and it just sticks in your head. And mm. I said, this is something <laughs> I should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Basic Instinct. Jerry Goldsmith is is. <laughs> Basic instinct. Um, um, which other film? I wish I was the one. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. I just um, did another podcast today, mm-hmm. and the movie the movie we talked about was the, the Matrix, oh. and the you know the. It's it's soundtrack and it's score uh-huh. is so amazing. Uh-huh. That's so a which mo- one? So um, every Wednesday, I'm 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 in a clubhouse meeting with um, the leader of Juno Reactor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a clubhouse that. Oh really? A clubhouse for composers. Yes, that I'm. Always, oh, wow. He's he's always in that meeting. He did the score for the Matrix two and three. Oh really? Uh, yeah yeah. Um, oh, Juno Reactor. Wander in there because <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna do two and three at some point. So we'd love to have have that conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a clubhouse group, um, Scorefest. We hmm. meet uh, every Wednesday. You know, um, okay. I, I'll tell you the time, but he's always there. You know. So yeah, the metrics, the the merging of synthesizers with uh, orchestral elements was yeah oh, was out of this world yeah you know it 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 brought a new i mean synthesizers with the orchestra it was mm. just it, it, it was a different sound so yeah. yeah the matrix is one of those scores that just stood out <laughs> yeah so what's the all right, so what's the general process of i guess the composer and the director kind of working together. I mean, I, I know it's like you said in, in Nigeria, it's, it's somewhat of a new industry that, that you're pioneering. It's emerging. Yes. It's emerging, right? And you're one of the, the pioneers. So do they kind of just give it to you and just let you kind of have complete autonomy or how's that process work? So, um, so yes, in Nigeria, most because um, the honest truth is, most of many of the directors, 
don't even know how the process, you know, especially with music, is supposed to be done. Right. You know, but I try to let them know. I try to, I try to let it be their own creative. Um, to make their creative decisions, you know, then allow mm. me to do my thing. But a lot of them just give it to me, mm. you know. I spot it by myself, you know, and I write the music and then I send to them for review. Sometimes they say, no, this part doesn't need music, this part doesn't music, need music. Um, a few of them, I actually sit with them and we have a spotting session and we say, okay, we want music here, here, here here, here, and there. Mm-hmm. But um, a number of them just give it to me and say, look, I don't know what to do <laughs> when it comes to music. You tell me what should I do? And then we mm-hmm. go like, okay, I think this place needs to have this, this place needs to have this, and this would be a score, and this would be some soundtrack if you can get a song that, you know, and I do all of that. You know, hmm. So it's it depends, but most times, you know, they just let me want. They let me tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. So okay. it must be kind of um, exciting because, you know, since the industry, you know, the industry is just starting to really grow. Mm-hmm. That as a as a as a person who has experience in it you can kind of, this is like a great time for you to almost define what the industry is going, what what other music composers are going to eventually use you as an example going forward. That's got to be incredible. Mm -hmm. It is, you know, and I think about it. And one of the things, and that's why one of the things I try to do is I'm trying to let um, define the sound of of um, of Nollywood. I'm trying to no, um, redefine it, you know. And so I'm trying to put as many um, elements local. So one of the things I try to do is to try to make or add. Even though we used um, orchestral elements, I try to put traditional instruments as much as possible because I want. The sound to be uniquely Nigerian, right? You know, I mean, uh, when I leave you today, tomorrow I'm I'm, I'm writing music for a film, mm. and I'm looking for, or I found I'm actually going to meet with them tomorrow. Mm. Um, lo- some local musicians they play. It's called Ogene in Igbo language, mm. but it is it's a cowbell, so mm. they make they they make music from a cowbell. You know? mm. They have several cowbells, you know, with different tones, you mm. know, and they hit it, and then they have other instruments they play with it. It's a kind of music. It's found in Eastern Nigeria, mm. and I want to use it for this score, you know. I want to use, especially the cowbell. I want to use it as, I want it to be the sound, or to create the motif that will keep um, uh, resurfacing in the film. You know, yeah. so one of the things. With what you said, one of the things I'm trying to help composers do is that we need to define our own sound. We need to, and we need to make it ours, you know, with our instruments, with our, even though film music is a bit, it's a bit, um, there's a lot of copying, you know, you want Uh to, 
<laughs> sound this, sound this. I'm I'm trying as much as possible to incorporate our own elements right. you know, into it to make it uniquely Nigerian. Right. So it's yeah, it's a. I think about what you said. I think about it a lot, you know, and I want to be, if I can, <laughs> be the right inspiration <laughs> to everybody coming. Mm. Well, it's so like you, um, when um, when Miami Vice was on TV, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like no one had done soundtracks the way they did. They, I mean, it was just never never done before. And Jan Hammer, um, he, like, you you knew the minute, like, I, if you turned your back to the TV. And one of his scenes came on, you could instantly go, John Hot Hammer, and no, it's like a Miami a background. He just he made you think of Miami. So you want to you want to write music such that you get people to feel it, not to hear it. Right, mm-hmm. right. So so you are telling the story, and then they are feeling something about the character. You right. Know? But when they start to hear it, then maybe you've done it a bit too much. Right. It could be loud, it could be soft music, but your aim is that more or less they should feel it. Mm-hmm. But they should follow the character, but they should feel your music. Right. <laughs> That's right. how, yeah, so absolutely, he's absolutely right. So you are listening to 12 million, and today's guest is. Film composer and sound designer Kulan Iku joining us from Nigeria. Um, so, you know, as you mentioned, um, Nollywood is one of the largest, particularly emerging um, movie scenes. I think it's second largest as far as output mm. behind um, Bollywood. Bollywood. Uh, Bollywood. Um, so, where do you see that the industry going? Um, I know we talked a little bit about kind of your role in helping define that, but where do you see the India chef going? So um, I'm happy because Nolly, um, Netflix is investing a lot, mm. and especially in the last three years, um, Netflix is investing in a lot. They've come in; they're investing in uh, in originals, and they want. They've started investing in their first. Um, series you know so all of this investment one what it does is it helps uh first of all the standard to improve um because everybody working on this project have to meet a certain standard Mm -hmm. netflix standard and so it helps to generally just lift even though we have a lot of output you know the quality of the films have been here and there, you know, just right. once in a while, one of them is top notch. So, uh, I believe that with um, Netflix coming to invest, and I hope other um, multinationals come and invest in the film industry because it's the film industry in Nigeria is the second or third largest employer of labor. Mm. So he has a he has a very big role to play, you know, even in the country. Right. You know, listing of people, poverty, and all of that. So I hope more people come and invest in Nollywood. But I, I, 
with what Netflix is doing and with what people are realizing that you can make a film and then it would ring a bell internationally mm. with what Netflix has, has done. I believe that people are going to be investing more and more in, in Nollywood. And I, I see very rapid development in the next five years. It's going mm. to develop rapidly, mm. you know, and there's, there's going to be room for everybody to be able to to be able to create, you know, and get heard and get listened to and people watching your stuff, you know. So um, I'm positive about it, you know. I'm positive that it would it would improve. Uh, mm. It would get there, especially with multinationals investing. So mm. this is, yeah. What's the... Um... What's the film community like there? Like, um, like, are you guys? I mean, is there a lot of networking amongst you, or is there places for you guys to commune and gather? Or like, how how like you found a lot of your jobs and, and connections through school? Is that mm-hmm. kind of how it generally happens, or? Mm, so for me, that's how it happened. Mm. But um, and generally, I always tell people, filmmaking is really you need to build relationships, you know, because yeah. it, it, it's a collective art. It, it's a lot of people working together, and a director would always want to work with somebody he knows how to communicate best with or who knows how to interpret what he's trying to communicate best. You know, and if a director finds that one person, many times they just try to want to go to that person or same people. But um, I, I don't think that, you know, because a lot of it is independent, I don't think that um, we have done enough to build communities, you know, which is a You've just put an idea in my head, you know, to try and create a... I, I, I actually have a small community of composers, you know. I try mm. to to speak to them. We have a, a WhatsApp group, you know. I talk to them about contracts. I talk mm. to them about what should be in their contracts, what they should demand for, you know, because um, one of the things people don't understand is, or the composers I've met, they don't understand the business side. Right. things you know so i have that small whatsapp group but i think we need a bigger <laughs> kind of i mean there are unions there's the actors guild there's the producers guild right. but right. they kind of are not um they're not working they're not mm-hmm. really functional like that so the biggest actors and the biggest producers are not in those guilds Right. So it's kind of like a very small project, you know, that those guilds work for, uh, you know. But like you said, the community is supposed to be able to help, you know, on a whole. Right. And I think it's something we need to work on. We need to build, you know, to 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 get a stronger industry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think yeah. you're right. Because yeah. I think the, it's very important when you're growing an industry to uh, like, like a fledgling industry that the grassroots level of that industry needs to be very engaged and strong. It helps to kind of churn up interest and also helps to 
develop other skill sets um, right. people within that industry because otherwise you end up becoming like this top heavy um industry where where you know what i mean so um yeah top heavy where just a few people at the top know right. how to do the best mm-hmm. yes so i think it's kind of like that now mm-hmm. you know but if we have that community people are going to more people are going to be involved because i keep like i said before i keep saying it in the next five years mm. there's going I, I believe that there's going to be more work and more people will be needed Absolutely. i can't i can't do all right. the films the more people uh, you know get involved right. the merrier it is the stronger an mm. industry we have i mean you might be able to open a school Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Then, like you said, teachers, films. but teachers the business as well, right? Because at the end of the day, it is the film right. business, right? So business, yes, <laughs> that mm-hmm. the film business too. Yeah, we need mm-hmm. we need better film schools. You know. Right. So. Hmm. All right. Might have to do something about that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, the interest is here because I right. just within the last. I'd say four months. I've had at least four meetings with different individuals all here in the States mm-hmm. trying to do, trying to find like some connections or some kind of working relationships to Nollywood. They oh, are, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. I have a friend who has a film festival here, the Nollywood Film Festival. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's great. Uh, here <laughs> but you know it only that that that's only impactful if you can not only bring films from Nigeria here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but build those people build the knowledge base and the community there because at that point you don't have to look for anything anymore it's it's mm-hmm. it's just producing it's just right. doing it's just stuff. producing you know, yeah. so I mean, yeah. it'll be it'll be great to connect with any of them, you know, and anywhere I can help. You know, I'm always I will put you to... in touch with people. Trust me. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm any way I can help. I'm willing yeah. to. I'm open to. So, um, people who want, to, I mean, I'm willing to help. Right. You know, so depending on what they need, um, I can connect them to because I pretty much know the major players in the industry. Mm-hmm. So I'm, and I know no. one dude, and, and you know who I'm talking about, who mm-hmm. like has been. That was me. Him, we we're talking about this last year. He was like, "Oh, we gotta get involved." I'm like, "Okay, well, mm-hmm. let's do it. Figure it's, it out." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should get involved. Definitely. <laughs> you should get involved. <laughs> So as, as we, we mentioned um, previously, the, the name of our show is called 12 Million, which is inspired by a book from, authored by Richard Wright, talking about Richard Wright's book, 12 Million Black Voices. Um, so one of the things that we do with all of our guests is we ask them, is there a, a particular book that inspired you um, that you would like to um, recommend to our listeners? Or, or to to us as well, because we yeah, we're <laughs> always looking for good good reading. 
Okay, a book. Um, um, so, uh, let me give a bit of a... No, <laughs> I say a book. Let me, let me say... So, when I was leaving secondary school, one of the things that I wanted to do was to change the financial situation in my mm. home. Mm. You know? And so... At that point, I was reading a lot of business books and um, that kind of thing. So uh, I know it's it's very how, how do I put it? But one of the books that really it, it just came out at that point. It was actually reached that poor dad. As mm. I don't know if you've, you've read that book. I know so many people have. You know. Mm-mm. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, yeah. I think mm-hmm. I must have read this book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, mo- that book made such a difference mm. at that point in my life. Yeah. You know, because then I started to understand, you know, assets and liabilities. And, and with the culture we have, you know, where rich people just try to show off. Mm. I started to understand, no, you need to build assets and you need to, you know. So that, that as, as a kid, that when, it, when the book came out, it inspired me a lot, you know, growing up. Mm-hmm. But then um, I'd like to recommend Shimamanda Adichie. Mm. She lives, she's, she's Nigerian, but I think she lives in New York. Um, mm. And she writes really, really well. Mm. Very good mm. stories. She writes a story about the Biafra War. It's mm. called Half of the Yellow Sun. Oh, yeah. I've heard mm-hmm. this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need to read. She has another book, Africana. You know, she's a really, really good writer. I think <laughs> um, the way she writes about it is, is, is quite inspiring. And especially if you think about um, what happened during the war mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the healing process that I think this country needs, you know, mm-hmm. from that war is, is something that we as a country have not really talked about, you know, but I mean, two million people were killed in that war, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's... Um, it's, her writing is really good and it's something that really inspires me. You know, so Chimamanda Adichie, Half of a Yellow Sun, I think. Yes, Half of a Yellow Sun. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a book I was right. This was on my list of books to make my way through at some point. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I think I, you should read it. It looks, it, it just, I read some about it. I was like, oh, this looks, maybe I'll just put it as an audible book. <laughs> then she has another book, Africana. It talks about some of the things that we do, you know, our cultural, the things that we do. But, uh, you know, there are certain things about culture that are good and some that are not good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so she tries to weigh them and put them and say, you know, this, this. So I think, but half of a yellow song you should read. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you should read, yes. That's a good suggestion. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. 
So what are you working on now? Like what's next? What's what's in the future? So um, right now I'm working on a film called um, The Trade. Oh, I shouldn't have said the name, but it's fine. <laughs> it's already out. It's on IMDb, so yeah. It's called The Trade, but I, I I didn't want people to know I was working on it, but it's fine. It's called The Trade. It's by... It's about a... It's based on a true life story. Mm-hmm. Um, at a certain point in Nigeria, kidnapping became very rampant. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's about this kidnapper, you know, and his operations. How he he led a double life. His mm-hmm. wife actually did not know what he did, you know, mm-hmm. but there were periods he would travel, like he was going on a business trip, but he was actually kidnapping um, mm-hmm. very wealthy people and demanding ransoms. So I'm working on this project. Oh wow! You know, I hope to finish. You know, but then I'm also looking to expand. Um, on a personal level, I'm I'm always I'm also looking to expand my projects. I'm I'm trying to see how more I can do more um, international collaborations with people, okay. not just in Nigeria. Mm. You know, and it's Clubhouse has been really, really very helpful. It's I, I was telling somebody I think Clubhouse is the social media I can do, <laughs> you know, because I I have actually met people. I've met this proposals in the in the pipeline here and there from the few weeks I've stayed in Clubhouse right. you know uh, so I think that's one of the, my targets I'm trying to build my international collaborations more and more and see how far I can spread my right. tentacles gotcha. yes I, I say exactly the same thing Mm-hmm. Every time, so I'm like, I'm always trying to spread my tentacles somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, it's it's not, it's you know, I've read this. I was so I'm reading, uh, and I recommend this book, mm-hmm. Tools of Titans. Tools of Titans, yeah, yeah, it's big, <laughs> it's big. Um, but there was a there was a quote in here which I I'm like. You know, I never even thought about. There's a, there's, you know, you ever hear the saying? Um, Tools of Titans. Information is, information is power. Mm-hmm. Well, there's another new saying that says information is partial power. It's because partial power. It's mm-hmm. only why. What's the point of having information that you don't leverage? Right. It's not. It's, it's not how. Not. Whether you use it, it's how you use it. And I think connections are the same way. I think Uh building a network and networking is one thing, but knowing how to leverage the network. Right, collaborate in the the collaboration. So collecting all these people, people, look, I know friends that they just collect people. And I'm like, what's the point of that? You know, if you don't know how to leverage the people in that network. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so um, I'll check that book out definitely. Yeah. And um, whoever is watching this, I also love to read biographies and um, the, the Steve Jobs biography. You know, he actually talks about the Biafra War too. Oh wow! Really? Okay. Yes, in his biography, you know, it's it's another one that was really inspiring to me. 
mm. you know. Uh, it's big too, mm. but it's it's uh, yeah. yeah it's, he talks about the civil war and how it it made him. There's actually a picture from the civil war in that book. Mm. You know? mm. So from the civil war in Nigeria, I mean, in that book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, so mm. I encourage reading biographies too. Yeah, I haven't gotten, I haven't read the Steve Jobs uh, book you yet. You should. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. The one I'm by... still going to make my way through Obama's book. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, you know, we definitely um, appreciate you joining us this evening. Hey, are you going to watch the Oscars? Yes, I want to. I So I have a mentor. Um, his name is Nicholas Becker. He mm-hmm. was nominated for... He did The Sound of Metal. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. really? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, wow. He did the sound and some of the music for... The sound design and some of the music for The Sound of Metal. I just watched uh, that on on Amazon. It's pretty good. Uh, yes, yes, it's on right. Amazon. Mm-hmm. So he's nominated, and I'm rooting for him. So I want to just check. I'll check. I don't know if I'm going to watch all of it, but I'll check. <laughs> yeah. If they've called out his category, if he won, I really want him to win. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully he wins. Yes, yes. Hopefully it'll be a good night tonight for everybody. But they did um, they did like an uh, a piece on um, the, um, uh, Black Panther and um, and uh, you know, in Chadwick. Yeah, Chadwick and I just I was like sitting here preparing for the podcast, crying. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so. yeah, Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. and uh, sorry to take us back. The composer mm. actually used talking drums. Oh wow! Africa. Yes, if you listen to the score, mm. he used talking drums, which is something I use a lot. I used it in Oluturi, mm. the title mm. sequence. You know, you hear talking drums. Uh, I've never actually, I'm not familiar mm. with that instrument. That's interesting. <laughs> talking mm. drum, yeah. It's um, it's a, it's actually a tonal instrument, and mm. they actually talk with it. They're actually saying words with it. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, talking. You should yeah. check it out. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that's one of the soundtrack. That's that's one. That's a really dope soundtrack. Yes. yes. The score, mm. the score was fantastic. Oh yes, Black Panther. He uses it a lot. Mm. Mm. I haven't done that. We have. Did we do that on the podcast? Mm-hmm. Um, if we haven't, I have to do it. Um, this was this was uh, this was great. Yeah, it definitely yeah. was. Yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we connected on Clubhouse. I took. I told. I I've been telling everybody. I'm like, look, if you want to network, like, if you don't have time to spend a lot of time on like Facebook and Instagram trying to figure out how to use, just go on clubhouse, spend clubhouse. like an hour, like, mm-hmm. you know, every couple of days. And trust me, you will get more networking done in that hour than you would have spent on any of those other platforms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. I've, I've met, you know, I told somebody I met. So clubhouse is the place that I've met complete strangers. Mm. And we connect immediately. And then there's the proposal, okay, I have my short film. 
Can you do this, 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 this? And immediately it starts to go. And not just even for the work. Right. You, you, you. I've met people. I've met instrumentalists, flutists. I don't know if I'll ever, go, if I'm ever going to use them. But right. then we just have this conversation. For example, that score fest that I go to, you know, and I talk with um, uh, Ben from Juno Reactor. Mm. You know, he did the Matrix Two and Three. You know, we just talk about music in general. Mm. Just different things and just meeting people, you know, yeah. and genuinely making connections. It's, yeah. I've actually made genuine con- connections at Clubhouse. Yeah. So oh, wow. it's my, like you said, your addiction, it's my <laughs> my go-to social network right now. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff on there, man. A lot mm-hmm. of good stuff. And at some point in, in our, I think, season two, uh, Akbar, mm-hmm. right? I think we said with season two. Yes. I think uh, 12 million will be on Clubhouse as a room and mm-hmm. probably do a an event or two. So we may we may be reaching back out to you to do another room uh, a room on there at some point. <laughs> Definitely. I'm happy. I'm happy to come on. Yes. <laughs> but we really I really enjoyed this. It was very informational. Learned a lot about Nollywood um, and you know keep up the great work um, definitely keep your eye we'll keep our eye on you um, yeah. one day this tonight might be your night right that's, <laughs> when, right? that's right and we want to be right there we want to be like we know him <laughs> exactly exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely mm-hmm. well, thank you so much um, nice talking with you they can follow you on Instagram there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I 100% recommend everyone check out Old Tory on Netflix, which is still on Netflix right now. I think uh, um, October 1st is on there as well, I believe. Yes, yes, it's there. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's there. So there yeah, are two Netflix originals there. that I've done, Lionheart and um, Oluturi. But then there are a couple of other films that I've yep. also done that are on Netflix. Oh, wow. I mean, Netflix really... Thanks, all thanks to them. They've really tried to yeah. come and help the industry grow. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully other platforms start learning and, and getting out there and, and doing stuff as well. So mm-hmm. um, thank you for being on the show. I know it's late there, so I'm not going to keep you too much longer. Um, <laughs> if you want to follow us on Instagram, yes, podcast. Um, I am Darren Jenkins. I am Akbar Majid. And this was another episode of 12 Million. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Peace, everybody. Yeah.